Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends, a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, and I'm also a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And today, before we get started, I wanted to talk about something that's been on my mind and heart a lot lately because it seems like it's becoming a, um, a, a big deal in my life, and that's the importance of goals. And I know that this subject is so overplayed. Everybody talks about the importance of setting goals, and I get it, and I'm going to try to give you a little bit different perspective on it, um, but the reason it's such an overplayed subject is because it really matters. First off, you know, when you have a goal, basically what it is is a dream with a deadline, and I know that also is a common phrase. I wish I could give credit to whoever said it, but I can't because I don't know. But anyway, it's if you don't set a goal with it, it's just a dream. And I know that we all have dreams and things in our lives that we want to do someday. Um, but and it, honestly, it takes sometimes a, a bit of a crisis to figure all that out. There was a book that I read a long time ago. It's just a little booklet I found in a Christian bookstore. And there was a phrase in this book. Um, basically, it just said, we're all terminal, but some of us are lucky enough to know it. And, you know, I read that after I'd been diagnosed with cancer, and that hit me like a ton of bricks because it's true. Sometimes it takes that crisis to figure out we're not going to live forever. And there are things in our lives that we all do want to do someday, and it's a matter of putting them down on paper, writing them out, figuring out how to start making that happen, and just one little baby step at a time. And I remember my first diagnosis was in 1996, and my doctor gave me a 60% chance to survive past five years. So I started pretty early by writing out a list of things I wanted to do before I die. That movie, The Bucket List, hadn't been invented yet, so otherwise I would have called it my bucket list. But it was my list of things I wanted to do before I died, and I made this big list, and one of them was to get my college degree. And People thought I was crazy to even worry about that. I should be just staying home and taking care of myself. And, but I, I know what staying home and taking care of myself means to me. It means laying on the couch, watching some stupid mindless television, and, and doing absolutely nothing to improve myself or to even have so find some way to have a positive attitude and all that. So I, I stayed in school, and... My document with that five years, I thought, if I can do this in five years, that's great. Well, I'm a bit of a slow learner. It took me seven years to graduate, but I did graduate finally, so that was that was really important. And the thing with a list like this of things to do before you die, make sure that as you take one thing off your list, you add another thing on, because you just don't want this list to ever come to an end. And with that, I wanted to talk just briefly about my co-host, Sharon who many of you have been listening to for three and a half years. Sharon and I have been business partners and breast friends since 2000. We actually started Breast Friends in 2000. And she's been my co-host on this radio show for three and a half years. And she has added so much to to the show, and I'm going to miss her. She's decided to step down as the co-host so she could fulfill her dream, her goal of travel. And she's been all kinds of places since, and she's I, I don't think the list is ever going to come to an end. So, um, But just so you know, she is welcome back anytime she wants to come back on the show with me. And we are just, we're going to miss her terribly. My goal, my personal goal, my last one that I added was to speak in all 50 states before I die. I have 18 to go. I've spoken in 32 states. So if anyone's interested in having me come speak in your state, um, give me a call or, or reach out to me at Becky through breastfriends.org. And um, I will be happy to tell you what states I have yet, yet to go. Hawaii is on the list, though, so if anyone has any contacts there, that'd be great. Well, on with the show. Our guest today is no stranger to setting goals. She's been a star athlete since she was about eight years old. Jordan Race stepped onto the softball field at age four, which I can't wait to hear about, and she knew right then that this would be her life. She started competing on a travel team at age eight. At age 16, her mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it hit Jordan pretty hard, um, but she found escape on the, on the softball field. Then at age 17, 
her life took a personal twist. She was diagnosed with a serious neurological disorder. And between her mom's diagnosis and her own personal journey, Jordan really struggled to find order among chaos. Now, she's the founder and CEO of Limitless Medical Logs, and all of that by the age of 21. Please welcome Jordan Ray. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Becky. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited. I loved talking to you the other day, and your story is just amazing. I mean, it's just you don't meet too many 21-year-olds who have been through everything you've been through, and I'm just blown away by your story and your your just your whole thing. So Thank why you. don't we start by talk about softball? Why what is it meant to you and how'd you get started at age four? And just give us that little background for a minute because I know it's a big part of your life. Sure. So I was born in Davie, Florida, and I moved up to Wellington, Florida, about an hour north when I was around three and a half. And I had a lot of energy as <laughs> a three and a half year old. <laughs> so when we first moved up, my parents were like, we need to put her in something. She, she's got too much energy. So they signed me up for rec ball. So like T-ball at four years old. And I had my little glove, some shoes and, and a t-shirt and I was on my way. And once I stepped onto that ball field, I just instantly fell in love with this sport, just being so free, running around the bases, carefree. And I just fell in love with it right away. And I knew this is what I wanted to do for as long as I possibly could. And this was all at four years old at that at that point? Four years old, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I remember my kids were all in, in softball and, you know, they played t-ball, you know, where you hit it off the little thing. Yep. And, you know, and... And they loved it, but I have to admit, and I, I love my boys very much, but we have we had a caricature drawing of the team, and my boys were pictured out in the outer field doing handstands with cobwebs growing between their fingers. I mean, it was oh, kind of funny, but <laughs> so I'm not sure how seriously they took it, but they did yeah. have fun with it. <laughs> but I'm guessing that wouldn't have been you. You would have been the one no. running all the bases, huh? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> So where do you think you were heading with softball? I know at age eight, you got on some kind of a travel team. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, when uh, I turned eight, we committed to a really intense travel team. And that's kind of where everything took off, where I don't think my parents realized what they were signing up for. But we started traveling every single weekend out of Florida and practice every other day. And then when I wasn't practicing, I was practicing by myself or with my dad. So like I said, I don't think my parents knew when they signed me up for travel ball that it was going to be for what, 10 years of this nonstop every single day. Um, So I did that for until I was 17 until everything happened. So from age eight to 17, I was traveling. We never had any weekends free, only holidays. And, and that was our life. Softball was our life and I was everyone's life. Wow. So what happened at 17? Well, um, 16 is when my mom got diagnosed. And then a week after her remission, I ended up randomly blacking out on the softball field. I was playing third base. I just had an incredible sophomore season. I was, my end goal was to be a D1 athlete. So I was working extremely hard to obtain that goal. And it was my junior year. I was playing third base. That was my position. And I was running for a bunt and I hyperextended my neck and I just blacked out on the field. Oh, that must've been a little frightening, not only for you, but for your parents who were probably watching that moment. It was, and they were watching, and it was very scary for everybody. So what happened? Well, so later down the road, finding out that it was led because of a serious neurological disorder I got diagnosed with, but I actually found out I was born with this illness, but I never knew that. So me starting softball at age four to 17, I was able to play with no issues, so I ended up going to a neurosurgeon about two months after it happened. I've experienced 50 migraines straight. The blackout was April 13th of 2015. And I was sitting in a neurosurgeon's office and he looked at me and we got testing done. He said to me, I know exactly what you have. You have something called Chiari malformation. And I just looked at him. I'm like, what is that? I've never even heard of it. 
It's uh, very rare. It's where my cerebellum extends into my spinal canal, blocking CSF flow, oxygen, and blood to my brain. So that is how the blackout happened. All of the oxygen and CSF flow, cerebrospinal fluid, got blocked to my brain, and that is how I blacked out. So you were born, you were born with this, but it, it just hadn't activated yet? or Right. Something has yeah. to happen to kind of spark the symptoms, and mm. me hyperextending my neck, I guess, sparked everything, and, and that's where it all started. Wow. Can we go back for just a moment to your mom's diagnosis? Because she was diagnosed with breast cancer a year before mm-hmm. your your per- personal diagnosis. So what was that like for you? I mean, here she's been your, been at all your games and all of that. So how did that change or impact your life at that at that point? Um, it kind of hit me like a truck. Um, I was at the age where I knew what cancer was, but I still didn't understand it. And, you know, I'm very grateful. I was playing softball at the time, and that was my escape. Every time I would step onto the ball field, my teammates knew, just leave Jordan alone. She's going through too much. Mm -hmm. Softball is how she can escape for three hours a day. Um, So, but yeah, it it really took a toll on me where I was just worried and, and stressed and upset all the time for the whole year and two months that she was battling this illness so how did she did she is she okay yes she she survived yes she went into remission actually like three weeks before I blacked out wow yeah ah I don't know I mean there's that bittersweet moment huh yeah it definitely was and and those three weeks were kind of there was a relief and then, you know, my health failed. So, but with what you said before, my mom was always at all of my games and there was a point where she couldn't go to probably all of October's tournaments. And that kind of took a toll on me too, because I remember always looking in the stands and, and, and she was there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be very hard. Cause I mean, she's been so much a part of your life and all of this and so supportive and, and to then not have her there. And then, so three weeks later, so now she's in re- she's in remission. Was she back at your games then? Yeah, it's actually uh, crazy. Those three weeks, I started touring universities that were interested in me. So mm. it was just a really surreal feeling. And, and I'm so grateful for it that we had the opportunity to be to these schools as a family and mm-hmm. our, it wasn't just my goal or my dream. It was my whole family's dream. And just to see the look on their faces of how proud they were and being mm-hmm. able to experience that with them before all of this happened. It's just, it was an incredible moment. So when this happened to you, when you, when you passed out on the field and then they figured out what it was, did that end your softball career? Yeah, well, when my uh, neurosurgeon told me what I have, and mm-hmm. I looked at him and I said, listen, the only thing I want to know is will I ever be able to put my uniform back on again? And he looked at me, he shook his head, and he said, you will never be able to get back on the ball field again and put your uniform on. Everything he uh. said after that just went right over my head. I mean, when you play at such an elite level and you've had a goal since four years old, I actually met the UF head coach when I was 10 and I said to him, I said, I'm going to play for you when I get to college. So having that goal for so long and just having it ripped away from you so quickly, it was just, it was heartbreaking to me. So basically you lost softball and your health in less than three seconds. That's what you meant by that. Exactly. Wow. Now you, you mentioned something that as you said, how softball saved and almost killed you. How did it save you? Because this blackout, if it didn't happen on the ball field and it happened anywhere else, when I was driving, yeah. Yeah. So to me, I started softball at such a young age. I fell in love with it at such a young age and I ended my career on the field and not anywhere else. And, mm-hmm. but the main part is I could have been driving and this blackout happened. So that is what I mean by that. Wow. So Jordan, could you ever coach softball? 
I am coaching right now. I'm coaching at the high school level and also Good for the, you. Thank you. Also the travel. <laughs> I didn't level. read that, but I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't get me away from that ball field. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's so wonderful. I mean, my gosh, if you're gonna have something like this happen, talk about turning it into something positive. So good right. for you. You can pass all that energy and knowledge and all that stuff that you've spent so many years earning. That's great. Good for you. Thank really, you. really happy. So let me ask you, you know, you've been through so much at such a young age, watching your mom and then going through this. How have you been able to stay so strong? Um, I honestly think softball was a big part because that softball was all I knew. And I always say that when my mom got diagnosed, it made each other, her and I stronger together. Because when my, I got diagnosed, we both had to fight every single day and stay strong. So I'm in a way kind of grateful that she got sick before I did. So we were able to, in a way, prepare for another health scare and be able to stay strong as a family. So in a way, softball and my support group has just been able to keep me with a vision and keep me strong. Well, you know what? We're going to go out to break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you how softball and being an athlete molded you into the person you are today. And I already have a sense about that, but I want to hear it from you. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about finding order among chaos with our guest, Jordan Ray, who's an athlete, survivor, and entrepreneur. So, Before we went out on break, um, I wanted to ask you a question about how has softball and being an athlete molded you into the person you are today? Yeah, like I said before, it really, that's how I identified myself as a athlete. So, I mean, certain things like I'm very confident in being a business owner and and how I present myself, that's because of softball. The leadership, I was a leader on the team and now it has brought into my business world and even in school. Um, And then also how to face and overcome adversity. uh, I've faced a lot of adversity injury-wise throughout my 14-year career and it just made me stronger and know that to never give up on anything and never give up on your goals. So that's really how it molded me into who I am today. Oh, good for you. Good for you. And so let me, if you could change anything, anything at all in your, you're only 21, so you don't have a lot of years to choose from, but if you could change anything, what would it be? I actually get asked that a lot. And people always think that I would say softball. Obviously, I'd want to play in in college and then try for the Olympics. But honestly, the 14 years of those memories, no one can ever take those away from my family and I. So honestly, I would change where I'm not in so much pain all the time. That Mm -hmm. is the thing that I would change. 
Do you still have pain? Yeah, all day, every day. Really? Yeah. Wow. And that's from the condition that this neurological condition. Yeah, it. Um, the surgery was a success, um, but it's still. I now have scar tissue blocking my flow to my brain, and it's causing a lot of other issues. Um, so yeah, I'm still trying to find the right treatments, and it's just been a long four years. You know, I'm just so impressed with you. Here you are, this young woman, you've been through all of this. You deal with pain every single day. You live with this every single day. And now here you are coaching, you know, softball anyway, <laughs> in spite of that. And and you started this business. And so let, let's actually just go there. Let's talk about your business. You started a company called Limitless Medical Logs. So why don't you tell us what that is and why it's important and how you came up with the idea? Sure. Just talk about those things. I uh, came up with the idea actually when my mom was just diagnosed. I saw her really struggling with the appointments and remembering exactly how she's been doing. And, and I saw the need for it, but I was excelling in my sport and I was 16. I'm like, I'm not starting a company. So then when my health failed at 17, I really saw the need for our, our medical logs. They're like journals, diaries, um, at that time, I, I didn't have the log yet, and I was really struggling at my appointments to accurately remember and tell my team of doctors what's been going on. So I was at the point where I felt like I was wasting the appointments and, and not getting anywhere. So I saw the need for the medical logs. It gives patients and caregivers the opportunity to accurately track pain and symptoms so when you go back to your doctor's you can tell them exactly what's been going on with you the past week, the past two months, five months, and you now eliminate the guessing game between patient, physician, even caregiver, physician. You know, and that is so important. You know, as I'm going through my battle right now, you know, I'm on these different drugs that we're trying to at least slow down the growth of the cancer. And, mm-hmm. um, and they ask me, well, so how, anything new since the last time we saw you? Well, if I didn't write it down, I put it in my phone, but it doesn't. It's just a little tiny space, you know, yeah, exactly. and, um, but at least it gives me something. But having a, a, an actual official log that you can carry with you and write down when you're something kind of is weird, then you don't have to guess what day. Well, what day was that? I don't know, maybe a week or two or three ago. I don't know. So I, th- I can see some real value, you know, in what you're doing. So you started this. That's why you did it. And how did you come up with the idea of this log? I mean, I, I see how you saw the need for it. How'd you come up with the idea and the name and all that? Well, like you said, with, you know, writing things down, but, or you could put in your phone and it's this little screen. When I started writing how I was feeling, it just did something for me. It was very therapeutic and, and I was able to eliminate the stress and scrambling before the doctors or at the doctors of trying to remember everything. So for me, and I'm, I'm 21 years old and I prefer to write this down instead of putting it in my phone or iPad because it it does something to me. I'm able to express how I've been doing. And there was points where I was afraid to at the doctor's appointments Mm. because when they tell you, I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to help you. And you get that about eight to 10 times. You start getting extremely frustrated and you feel like nobody cares and nobody is willing to help you so it makes me feel very proactive less stressful and I feel like I'm taking full control of my health the way I should be you know a lot of people talk about journaling sort of in that same way it gives them a sense of control more so than doing it digitally I mean we're such a digital world everybody is on their little screens and and there's something about writing it down with a pen in your hand. Now, in my case, I don't do that for, for very long because my writing gets really bad <laughs> after yeah. a while. So I do it with my computer, but I'll write a whole whole thing, you know, on my on my computer. And and it's it, it, there's something to that that just where you can really just cut loose and say what you need to say. And and so does your journal, your the limitless medical logs, does it give you enough room to to not only say like the medical things that you're going through, but what you're feeling right now, your emotions, does it, does it allow for all that? Yeah, it definitely uh, gives you that room. The medical log is for a whole year. So the beginning pages are your basic, what you should know. 
And then you'll get to like the appointment notes. So that's where you can write down the questions that you have, what's been going on the past few weeks. You can write that in that little section. And then mm-hmm. below it is what's going on at the doctor's appointments. Yeah. So you don't have to scramble and, and stress about when you leave. Oh, what did he say? Um, and then the 52 week tracker, that's where the diary comes in, where you can say like today I woke up in extreme back. I had extreme back pain and neck pain. I was able to accurately write that down and know that when it, it's the nighttime, I don't have to stress to remember, Oh, how did I feel when I woke up? But it gives me the option to write. If I did an activity on Thursday, that might've triggered everything. Ah, good point. Yeah, somebody asked me on this medicine I'm taking, you know, it, it says take it with an empty stomach or full stomach, it doesn't matter. But it seems to, I seem to have different reactions to it, right? <laughs> you know, de- depending on certain things. And I haven't quite figured out what those certain things are yet. Maybe it's what I ate or how soon before I took the medicine I ate. I, I don't know. Um, so that would be, that would be good because it would kind of remove the guess out of it. Especially exactly. if you start writing down what did you eat and how did you respond to it. So I can see some real real value in this. And so before we talk about how people can get a copy, let's talk about what it's like to run your own business. So I know that when Sharon and I started Breast Friends way back in whatever year that was, 2000, um, we did wear every hat. And I'm sure that you are wearing every hat as well. So why don't you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, in a way, just jumped in to this company. I started designing the products when I was 17, and I officially launched when I was 20. So at at 20 years old, there's not that many business owners that age. So it was kind of hard to connect with others and see what they went through for them to give me some advice. So I kind of, in a way, was by myself just doing things, making the mistakes, and learning from them. So yes, I'm wearing every hat, every uh, new company, the the owners, the founders wear every hat, but they're going to grow and they're going to build a team around them as the company grows. So tell me what, what, what was one of the biggest mistakes that you found that you had to fix? I know I didn't put that down as one of my questions for you, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> um, no, it's a good question. I actually haven't really even thought of that. Um, honestly, for me, I'm trying to fix, I am very impatient. I like things getting done right away. And when you're wearing every hat, you, you know, there's not that much time in the day. Um, so that's kind of, I don't know if you'd say that's really a mistake, but that is something I'm trying to fix and get better at, be more patient, be more understanding with myself that, I'm a full-time student. I'm running this company and I'm also battling an illness. I need to relax a little bit. Yeah, you are entitled. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's for sure. But you are very much an overachiever. I can I can definitely see that. So, um, And it is hard to wear every hat. I know one of the things that Sharon and I discovered early on when, as we were doing Breast Friends, you know, we put this whole program together of how to help support women as they're going through this. We took it to some of the local hospitals thinking that they might partner with us. And they just looked at us like, and why would we do that? Yeah. <laughs> so for yeah. us, our, our biggest learning was that not everybody sees the value in what we saw, um, you know, for whatever their reasons were. And getting donations is really hard, you know, from a nonprofit perspective, because mm-hmm. there are so many places people can spend their money and so many people asking for money. So how about you financing this whole thing? How did you, how did you arrange that? Do you, your parents help you out or did you go to get you know loans or something or how'd you do it nope self-funded self-funded yep. and how did you how'd you raise the money to do that all the birthday money you just save <laughs> that don't spend it <laughs> you hear all that out there grandkids don't spend your money <laughs> we tend to send them checks for their birthdays and it's gone they, right away yeah if they saved it all up they'd probably be able to buy something pretty cool so yeah so yeah, well, gosh, you just, you just it's never ending here with you. You're just <laughs> really amazing. So, um, so the growing pains and, and as you started to get sales and how did, how did you work with all that? Well, from the beginning, when I, I said I was 17, that's when I really started working on this. I uh, found a group of, of advisors and I've been with my main advisor for four years now. And it was actually connected with my school. So that's how I was able to get in touch with her. 
And I say to this day, if she was not in my life and helping me with this company, it would not be where it is today. So I, yes, I don't have a, a team on payroll, but I have a team supporting me, my family, my friends, a team of lawyers, advising teams. So they kind of really help me with the growing pains. And, and it's just, again, making the mistakes and learning. I rather make them now, make them when I'm young instead of uh, older. Well, it's easier to fix it if you catch the mistakes when, you know, early on in the process right. too. Once you've been doing something for a certain way for a certain amount of time, you know, and then and then you realize that you made a mistake in that, it's ha- much harder to fix. So good for you for being willing to be flexible and, and change things, you know, as you need to. And the importance of building that appropriate team, I can't stress that enough. Oh, yeah. Again, using Breast Friends as our kind of starting point. We didn't know the first thing about setting up a 501c3 or any of that. And I had a neighbor that was a a retired tax attorney, and he knew all about that kind of stuff. So he jumped in and helped us, didn't charge us. We just paid the fees to do it, but we didn't pay him. And, you know, having people like that, you know, at at hand that can help you and guide you. And, you know, we got our 501c3 pretty much in record time. And that's what you need to have if you're a legitimate um, nonprofit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's very important that you have people like that, like your attorneys and all those that were available to help you. So good for you figuring that part out too, because a lot of people think they know it all yep. and they can do it all by themselves. And when they realize they can't, they quit. Yep. <laughs> you know? right. instead, of, instead of going, okay, I need a team, <laughs> you know, so good for you. Thank you. Um, so what advice, we, we're just going to take one couple more minutes here and then we'll go out to break. But what advice do you have for new business owners who have an idea, but they haven't taken that next step yet? Uh, never give up on yourself or your idea. I, there was times where I was like, eh, should I be doing this? I'm, I'm extremely young. I've had a lot of people tell me just stay in school. You're too young. You're, you're not smart enough. Um, so I got that a lot, but just always believe in yourself. I always believed in myself and I knew my vision, knew my end goal. And I, I know that I will never give up on anything I set my mind to. Uh, that's wonderful. And I and I believe you. <laughs> I, really, I really do. I can't see you ever quitting anything. You know? Yeah. So what advice do you have for athletes? Ooh, um, never take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I took my health for granted. I took the sport that I absolutely love. And I lost it. I lost it faster than I can blink. And, and I'll honestly never get softball back in the it's a different view now uh being a coach but I will never be able to suit back up put my glove back on and and have the thrill of playing third base so just never take anything for granted you know that really goes back to that that book that I mentioned in my opening about you know we're all terminal some of us are just lucky enough to know it and I'm not saying that you're lucky that this happened but you are lucky that you know, you know, there, there, there is an end there, you know, right. your life is finite and, you know, it's what we do with it that, that defines who we are, right? It's not exactly. what happens to us. It's what we do with whatever happens to us. And, you know, I, I'm so proud of you and impressed with you. And I just, <laughs> I, I can't thank you enough for being willing to be on our show. I know it's not directly related to breast cancer, but you know, there, we all, all of us that are facing a cancer diagnosis, I don't care what stage we're at or how many times we've been through this, this is, it's trauma. And, you know, some of us will survive cancer. Most of us will. That's the good news. Most of us will survive cancer. But when you first get diagnosed, you don't know if you're in the group that will survive or if you're in the group that won't. Or if you're going to be in the group that's going to fight it over and over and over again like I did. I mean, I kind of thought my first time through that was going to be it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and the second time through, I had a double mastectomy because I didn't want to play the game anymore. And I thought that would take care of it, but it didn't. I got it a third time and then I got it a fourth time. And then this last time was about a year ago when we found it in my lungs. So mm-hmm. we don't know um, <clears throat> how it's going to impact any of us, but it's scary. It's very scary. And and cancer is not the only thing out there that can, that can hurt us like this. So you are living proof that, you know, life is very, very fragile and it's Mm -hmm. what we do with it. So on that note, we're going to go ahead and take a short break. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about finding chaos, um, excuse me, finding order among chaos. We don't want chaos <laughs> with our guest, Jordan Ray, who is an athlete, survivor, and entrepreneur. And I'm just, everything I'm learning about you, I'm just so blown away. Let's talk about these podcasts. You're on, your story has been covered many times. So why don't you talk about some podcasts and some of the different things that you've that you've done along that line? Yeah, um, I actually just started with the podcast maybe, I think, like seven months ago. And my first one, I was extremely nervous to because I've never done something like this. And a big thing and the reason why I do these these shows is because I'm able to share my story. And, and if someone was listening and they, they feel down or they need a little bit of inspiration, they can take my story and, and use it. And a great thing that comes from these podcasts and radio shows is I get messages on Instagram and and emails where people share their story with me and and say that they've just been inspired by me and what I've been able to overcome and and turn a negative into a positive. So it's just incredible when I can do all these media interviews and, and share my story to help others. Well, I couldn't support that more. That's why we do this podcast. Um, we've been doing it for three and a half years, and I think we're on target to have, I don't know, 250,000 to 300,000 on-demand listens this year. So wow. um, we're doing about 20,000 a, a month, 25,000 a month, something like that. So it's, it you know, we know a lot of people are hearing it, so that means a lot of people are going to hear your story through this. Okay. Plus, it's pushed out to all the major on podcast platforms so um yeah it's it's really going to be really going to be it's a good way to to get your message out there so thank you for honoring us by sharing it with our podcast so talk about being a building a team from the start I think we kind of covered that yeah we did it's just uh adding people who will support you and I know we did talk about me uh getting an advising team my family and friends who have been extremely supportive a few, a few people like I said have told me just stay in school you're you're too young but you listen to the ones that are really supportive and and will really give you solid advice like an example my dad is actually my go-to for business and and he makes me figure everything out but I can ask him little things he will never solve the problem for me but he will do little things to help me see what the right um, answer is or what the right way to go. You know, you just said something very, very valuable as a life lesson, and I'm going to make sure no one missed it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you said listen to the ones who support you because everybody's got their ideas. Everybody's got their piece of advice. People told me that I should stay home from work and I should quit school during that time I was going through my first battle. Well, I listened to the ones who told me to to you know, take some time off from my job. That was good for me to do that. Right. But the ones who told me to stay home from school, they didn't have a clue. I didn't listen to them. 
because I knew that if I just stayed home, like I mentioned earlier, I would just lay on the couch and become a lump. And yeah. I needed to focus on something bigger than myself. And by focusing on school, I had to write papers about stuff that had nothing to do with what I'm going through right now. But it made me research. It made me find out other things. So, yeah, listen to the ones who support you and everything else just kind of set aside. So I want to make sure that doesn't get missed because yeah. <laughs> at your age, you picked that one up very early. So good yeah. for you. Thank so you. you mentioned something about taking your team on the Race for the Cure walk. Talk about that for a second. Um, ever since my mom went into remission, we would do it every January. And that was kind of the tradition with my softball team. I was playing when she was battling cancer uh, my junior year. So my team went with me and my mom and we did the walk. And then when everything happened with my health, I continued it. And I told my girls, we need to do the walk. And it's when you do a walk like that, you don't just support the fighter or the survivor. You're supporting the whole family because everybody is dealing with the illness um, with the person they love. So I, the last team I brought them, it was like 40 plus people. The parents went and it was just, it was incredible to be with everybody. And, and everybody was very touched with what I was able to do and, and get the girls out there and do it. You know, there, there's and there are Komen walks all over the world. So if you live in a community where you have one, it's so worth doing. Um, you know, when I did my first walk, the very first year was while I was going through treatment. I was bald headed, had this pink hat on with nothing underneath it. And when I came across that finish line and, and I, I did the Portland walk and back then the Komen race was like 45,000 people. It was one of the wow. largest, largest races in the country. It was crazy. But I remember coming through that little turnstile at the end. And I mean, seriously, out of 45,000 people doing the race, I was probably number like 42,012 or something, (laughs) you know. But when I came through there, people were applauding and cheering and they knew I was a survivor and they knew I was in the midst of it because of my bald head. And everybody clapped and cheered me on. And I felt like I just ran a marathon, you know, and I, it was a 5K. I mean, it took me forever. But, you know, it made me feel like such a winner at that point in time. There is something very uplifting about that race. Well, and all the people that were there to support me with my name on the back yep. of their shirt made yep. me cry. I mean, I just, yep. there's something special. So good for you for recognizing you. I that. I mean, to add on. on- to add on to what you just said, I don't want to cut you off, but I did want to add on um, doing it with the whole team. Just it was just a fun atmosphere. But actually, one of the girls got a, the picture of my mom and I hugging after we just passed the um, the finish line when she got her medal. So that was uh, that was really cool. Wow. Uh, that's really that's neat. Well, good for you. I really I just I know that wasn't really part of what we were going to talk about. But yeah. when, you, when you said you did that, I had to had to talk about it. So 21 running a company. What's how does that I mean, most girls when they're out 21, they're out clubbing and, yep. you know, going to parties and and you're running a company. Talk about yep. that. I mean, well, that was a big adjustment because I was go, go, go for so many years and just hanging out with friends all the time and and now adjusting to, I have to focus on my health these next few years, get that right for me to be able to do well the rest of my life. But I mean, running a company at this age, it's actually even harder than if you're 30, 40. Um, I struggle a lot with when I go to see a high up executive, a CEO of a hospital, they kind of look at me like, great, what is this kid going to sell me? And I can imagine so (laughs) when I'm able to drop the product down and, and share my story and they see what I've been through, it completely changes their perspective on me and what I'm able to do. So my story has been a huge benefit. I know it's really not how someone would want to have adversity in their life, but it's been a huge benefit. And I, I've been able to have so many meet so many new great people that will do anything for me. And it's just, it's just a blessing being able to do what I'm doing right now. You know, let's go back one, one second here. And how do you even get appointments with these high level executives at companies? I mean, you're this 21 year old kid. You sound very young. You sound about 17 on the, on the, this interview. How do you even get appointments? Do you have somebody older than you call and make them or what do you do? 
No, I reach out to them. I just go for it. What are they going to do? They're going to either say no or yes. Or so I just, I just do it. And, and I've had huge appointments and it's, it's a little scary and I get nervous when I'm going to the appointment. But I, like I said earlier, I have a lot of confidence in myself. And I mean, I'm a keynote speaker as well. Stepping onto those stages in front of however many people, it's a little nerve wracking, but I just, I I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, you just do it. You're talking my language. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you should get on Shark Tank. Um, (laughs) I mean, even if you don't get funded for anything, just to get, you know, your story out there and they'll be so blown away by you. They might not give you any money, but what the heck? I mean, a lot of people go on there and turn down their offers and end up, you know, making a million bucks right away. So you should do that because you're just so unique and and awesome. I think that they would love your story too. So now we did talk about um, running this company. You're going to school now, right? Yeah, full time. And where do you go? Palm Beach State College. It's about 30 minutes for me. And what are you studying? Business, Uh, let me guess. (laughs) Yeah, good guess. Business and entrepreneurship. Okay, right up your alley. You could yep. probably teach. You could probably teach that. Funny that you sure. say that. I actually am. <laughs> why? Why did I know that? I don't know. <laughs> and so, okay, so you're running a company. You're going to school full time, and you're coaching. Yep. What? When do you have time for you? Um, I mean, or is that all you? Maybe that's all you. I don't in, know. In a way, it kind of is all me, like uh, running the company and coaching, not school. I'm not, you know, a huge fan of school, but um, r- coaching and running this company. Ever since I've little, I was little, I knew I wanted to own my own business. I never thought I'd be at 20 years old. Um, but when I step out on the ball field, everything between school, health, family and my company just kind of disappears for a few hours. So it's just, I make time for myself. I I make time to better myself. So what do you do during that time? I'm trying to get back into the gym. It's kind of hard. I'm doing physical therapy now and and we're Mm -hmm. kind of stuck between a rock and hard place trying to uh, get me better. I mean, I had brain surgery. I didn't have, you know, ankle surgery. So I really like the gym. I like being in shape. So I'm trying to get back at it. I'm hang out with friends and family as much as I possibly can, but just running the company and being able to meet others. So when I get to have face-to-face meetings with other people, I kind of feel like that's me growing as a person. I'm just blown away. Uh, you know, you just, you do make time for the things that are important. And that's, and what is that saying about if you want something done, ask a busy person, but you know, you, you're staying, you're saying, staying true to yourself. And I love all that. So let me ask you, what is league of yes? What does that mean? Well, this is another thing I do in my spare time or I make, I make time for it. Um, it is a nonprofit. I don't actually know where they're based out of, but they're in Wellington, Florida. I know the executive director down here. She asked me to coach. Um, the League of Yes helps kids with disabilities uh, who are very young. They get to play baseball for the day. So I spend every like one or two Saturdays per month. And I teach kids with disabilities how to play baseball. Wow. <laughs> and how old are the kids primarily? Um, normally very young, but there's some that there was one kid was in high school, but normally like from two to six. Really? That young? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're oh. so cute. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> I'll bet they are. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's just, yeah. So let me ask you this, we're, we're coming up on the last few minutes of the show, um, but we still have, have some time left. So um, have you, do you have any advice for someone who's feeling stuck with starting a business? You know, I imagine um, there's a lot of people that are really admiring you for what you do, but what, what, what about those who are stuck? Well, for me, I'll kind of tie this in with my health. I take it day by day. I, I really can't look much further. So if you're feeling stuck, just really take whatever you're doing day by day. Um, with my health, the company, 
I focus on that day and that day only. Yeah, some people would say that looking down the road, that's that's what you need to do. But in my situation with me being so sick and, and fighting for my health, that is what I picked up on. It's helped me. I'm able to organize myself better and just, like I said before, be a better person and, and grow as a person. Yeah. And that, I think that there's... There, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, I with what I'm battling right now, I have to kind of take things day a day at a time sometimes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there are some days I just don't feel real great. But, you know, for me, sometimes when I'm feeling that bad, I just get up and take a shower. That seems to help. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird thing, I know. But, um, but, yeah, so advice for someone who just really has an idea. You know, and I imagine that writing those ideas down, sometimes I think we think we get ideas in our head. And it's like we we're talking about earlier on with the, the importance of a of a goal versus a dream. Sometimes our this idea of a business is still in dream state. There's right. been no goal put with it, no deadlines, no dates put with it. Like when you said to your coach, I'm gonna be playing softball for you when I'm in college. You know, that was a yeah. very specific goal, right? You know, yep. this dream to play to play softball and you wanted to do it by a certain date. That made and- it a goal. I always write down my goals and, and my vision with you mm-hmm. saying, writing things down. I didn't say this before, but I just actually announced it a week ago. Um, I am writing a book. So Good. being able to write out my feelings that I've been afraid to talk about, because when you're an athlete, you need to rub dirt on it and move on. You can't sit and sulk about it and cry. So I'm able to, express feelings that I love that rub dirt on it and move yeah. on yeah <laughs> um, so I'm able to express everything that I've been afraid to talk about and that's what's going to be in the book my story how I've been able to overcome everything and and just also advice we're going to have my parents on the book and we're going to have them give advice on the parent aspect of being a caregiver to a sick child you know, I think we have to have you back on our show when your book comes out because I want to hear some of those things that, um, you know, that you've were afraid that you've never told publicly. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't want to give it in, any of it away right now. So let's wait till your book comes out. But uh, we only have one minute left. So very, very quickly, how can people reach you? Can they buy a journal through your website? How did they how do they do that? Very on quickly, the, please. On the website, LimitlessMedicalLogs.com. Facebook, Limitless Medical Log. Same with Instagram. My personal Instagram is JordanRay25, J-O-R-D-A-N-R-A-Y 25. So they can reach you through any of those. They can get a copy of your journal. What's it cost? Uh, 40, 40.97. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. We are out of time completely. So I thank you very much again, Jordan, for being our guest today. I really appreciate you taking the time. We will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope and we are here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.